What is up, Ditch the Job listeners? Mark and Bird, the podcasting coach here. And choice is something that we all have. And we all have the choice to change. And there are a lot of people who feel like they are at a job or doing a certain side hustle that is only part-time and they want to make it full-time. We have the choice to make those types of changes. And we're going to talk about in this episode, how do we tap into the choices that we have and create the changes that we want to make? So our guest who joins us today, he is on a mission to positively impact 1 million role models around the globe to lead a functionality fit life through education, encouragement, and community. Our guest is an award-winning digital thought leader and author, distinguished Toastmaster and keynote speaker, former partner and chief operating officer of a multi-million dollar retail company and a sought-after lifestyle mentor and executive performance coach. Our guest who joins us today is none other than Di Manuel. Di, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I love your introductions. Man, you have so much energy. I love it. I love it. Considering it's early morning for me, I'm like, I need this. So thank you. Channel it. Channel it. <laughs> well, we'll keep channeling uh, it because that is what we're all about on this the job where we help you ditch your job. So for people who are wondering, like maybe they've had a rough patch where they have the same job that they're losing passion for it and they feel like they're stuck, like like the uh, uh, this is my life type of mantra, not in a good way. How can we flip that script and realize that it is possible for us to make change? Well, I think you, you, you sort of nailed it there initially just by awareness. You know, like, cause that's sort of where it all begins, right? Like we have to be aware that there's something that we want to change, you know? And if you're there and you're dreading every day, it's sort of like uh, that Bill Murray movie, Groundhog's Day, right? Where you just feel like it's the same thing repeating itself over and over again. It, it is in us to, to realize that we do have influence over our life. Um, and sometimes it may feel like we don't, um, but, but that's usually a fleeting feeling. When you actually step back and you create that awareness around what you're doing, specifically the actions you're taking every day, you start to realize you can influence it by doing things a little bit differently. You know, it, it, <laughs> but that's always a nice place to begin, right? Like, cause if you do acknowledge that you wanna make a change, well then it's like, okay, well, what do I need to do to make a change? Like, what could I actually start to do differently that can move me in a different direction? But then that also begs the question, well, what direction do I want to go? And I think a lot of decision fatigue, right? You can't help but go online and see a a myriad of websites that uh, talk to earning income online. Try it this way or this way or this way and take endless amounts of courses and, you know, build a side hustle. But it's like, well, what should my side hustle be? And so I think a lot of people just get stuck in that whole analysis process and, and, and they are rather defeatist as well. Before they've even begun, they, they give up on themselves. So that script, yeah, first of all, it's just general awareness. And then I usually ask people to ask themselves three questions. And in seeking the answers to those three questions, you can usually navigate pretty much all changes. The first question is like, can I do this? That's an educational piece, right? Like, can I find someone like yourself, like Mark, like, can I find someone that can support me or coach me in the area that I want to start to learn and potentially expand into? Well, man, look at YouTube. I mean, you can get a university degree watching YouTube videos nowadays. I mean, it's remarkable the amount of knowledge we have access to. So when you ask yourself, can I do this? Can I make the change I want to make? Usually the answer is a, a, a very emphatic yes. And then second is if I do this, will it work? 
meaning that if I actually commit to this, the steps required to influence these changes in my life, will I start to see some changes? You know, I've been in the fitness industry almost 25 years and I, I meet a lot of people that say, well, I want to release some weight. And it's like, great. Well, how much do you want to release? You know, <laughs> and, and for them, they know that, well, if I change my lifestyle a bit, I will see weight release. I've done it before. I know I can do it again. So there's this <clears throat> two yeses, yes and yes. But the third one is, is it worth it? And when you talk about scripting or how do you ask that question to yourself, I, I, I try to get people to reframe that. Is it worth it to, am I worth it? Because that's usually the one that most people skip over. You know, there's a, a lot of uh, emotional uh, stuff that we're always dealing with or, or limiting beliefs. And it usually influences that third question. And I find that that's the one that involves a lot of mindset. And when you want to become an entrepreneur or move into the entrepreneurial space, it challenges your mindset a lot. And uh, you either grow or you don't. And uh, it, it can be really hard. Like it's just, it is super challenging, right? And, uh, and at times it can feel very lonely too. You know, and uh, it's it's funny. We we work in these social spaces online, and yet in the offline space, I, I find there's sometimes a disconnect. You know, and uh, and so it can be a bit lonely. Also going down that path where people are used to going to maybe an office space, uh, or to a more structured environment where there is a lot of interaction with other people, and then to go into the online space and that side hustle. And you know, we have all these visions of grandeur and uh, rewiring our life, and, and sometimes it can still be lonely if you don't make the time to, to, to be social or to seek those other outlets. But uh, those are the three questions I usually put uh, to people if they're thinking about making some changes. And I really like that last one. Is it worth it? Because, you know, can I do it? Yes. Like you have a pulse, you can look stuff up. <laughs> there are some things that, yeah. you know, like depending on like, but for, I'd say for the majority of people in their situation, they can do it. And then you've got the, you know, the will it work, you know, you follow everything step by step, you add your own flavor. Yes. But then it's just that, is that worth it? Something to think about for some people, it's not worth it to ditch your job right now because you don't have enough funds saved up for your family, but it may be worth it to spend that extra weekend on the side hustle instead of the Netflix, because then that <laughs> will build up your income to the point where, okay, I feel like I'm ready to ditch the job and try this thing out for a little bit. And you mentioned something early on where you said a lot of it is that we don't have that sense of direction. I mean, you could look up like a hundred plus side hustle ideas right now mm -hmm. and try and figure out which ones to fit uh, in your toolkit and utilize. And I'm wondering with the vast amount of information available, how do we get that sense of direction knowing what it is we want to be doing, what we should be doing, and what's actually worth it? Oh, man, Mark, that's such a great question. You know, it's super interesting because when I think back on my own journey, and, it, you know, there's been different stages of the journey, right? Uh, and oh, I can get into that in a second. But, you know, pertaining to, to this question specifically, it's, I often ask people, well, what's the life that you want? You know, like, wh what is it? How do you want to be spending your time? How, how do you, who are the kind of people you want to surround yourself with? Like, what are the experiences that you want to be having? And I think if you start to, to look at those questions and specifically sit with those questions, it can sometimes make it a lot more clear what you don't want. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's easier to eliminate the things that we know we definitely don't want. And then, 
now these spaces start to become more visible of what we do want just by elimination. And, and I find that often we, we don't think about designing the lifestyle we want first and then thinking, okay, well, what's the best options for me to then support or live into this lifestyle that I want? You know, for me, like family was very important. You know, it was also important being able to have a lot more control over my own schedule and being able to do things with my kids when I wanted to do it. And, and just really creating a lifestyle that allowed me to say yes to the things that I wanted to do more of, you know? And, and my current path that I was in was still limited a lot with that. Even though I was, I was a co-founder of a, a company and, you know, like I was in a role that had a lot of responsibility, but because I had also all this responsibility and was in the retail sector, you know, there's retail locations, there's physical spaces that I had to be, I had people to answer to. So I knew that it was always going to be limited as to, to what it could provide me on the lifestyle piece. And, and so it just came down to really make analyzing, is this what I want? No. Okay. Well, what's the kind of life that my family and I do want? Okay. That's what we want to go towards. What's going to be the best vehicle that allow us to get there. And that takes a bit of trial and error at times, <laughs> but it didn't mean we stopped. We just kept working it. Right. And each person does have that different best vehicle, that different path. For me, I help people who want to use a podcast to get more speaking gigs, book sales, and clients. For other people, it's going to be something different. But just this idea of knowing what is going to be your best vehicle. And part of that is, as Di mentioned, figuring out what you don't want to do is just as important as figuring out what you want to do. Because you know you do have a lot of process of elimination. It's like how investors have a criteria for the stocks they pick, for the real estate they invest in, because it gives them that clear focus on what it is they want to be doing. And let's say that we have this clear focus right now. How do we keep that focus? Because you're in the fitness space. So you know about the new year's resolutions. Like you probably get a surge in January and you're like, where are all my people in March and April? So new year's resolutions is such a great example of this. So how do we stay focused for the long haul versus feeling motivated and inspired for a month and then not doing it anymore? Well, I think it's interesting you to terms motivation as well as inspiration. I find motivation like anything, like what, what's someone's motive for doing something, right? It's often reference. We watch enough law movies or, or, or crime movies. You hear the term motive thrown around. And so if we ask ourselves, like, what's my motivation? You know, what is that, that, that thing that's going to help us find a bit more energy to do the things that we know we want to be doing, <laughs> but maybe it, it's not flowing quite so easily. So it feels a little bit challenged at times. It requires quite a bit of energy, dedication. You, you know, it is easy to sit down and Netflix and chill, right? Like that is easy. That is very passive. Uh, reading a new book, committing to a new course, doing another Facebook live, like doing certain things that move us towards that lifestyle that we said we want versus the things that take us away from it, getting really clear on that. But motivation is limited, just like willpower. We only have so much of it every day. You know, Brian Tracy wrote a book called uh, Eat the Frog and his, his whole idea and how he sort of paints this picture for us. He says, listen, if the, the one thing that was the worst thing you could possibly do in the day was to eat a frog. You're best to do it first thing in the morning <laughs> because at least you got, you get through that hard part, 
right? Get it done. And then everything else is just easier that day. And, and so if you also structure or you look at your structure of your typical day and some of the things that need to get done, what are the things that's going to require the, the greatest amount of focus and energy for you to get it done? And maybe start with that because it's going to free up some of the other good stuff, you know, the other energy to get off the things that we already enjoy doing because we feel often inspired and that's different than motivation. Motivation is usually external, like these extrinsic drivers where inspiration tends to come from within. And, and so if you're feeling inspired to do something, it's amazing how, you know, some people refer to that sort of like getting into that flow state where we just feel like, whoa, you know, it, it feels almost effortless to do what we do. And we lose track of time and, and we just really enjoy what it is that we're doing either in our businesses, in our life, whatever. And, uh, it's trying to look for more opportunities to do things in that zone, <laughs> you know, big leap. Um, Gay Hendricks in his book calls it the zone of genius, right? Like trying to free up this, this ability for ourselves and our own lives to do things that, that really play to our passions. And when you're first starting out, it's a little bit harder, right? You, you may not have the cash flow to support hiring a team of people to do certain aspects of your business. So you're left there trying to do as much as you can with what you have. And depending on what your zone of genius is versus, you know, your areas of potentially incompetence or, or, or competent, uh, but they tend to drain us, you know, these other areas. And uh, so that, that's sort of just one little framework to, to start to look at these things. It's like, it, it, if you ask yourself, like, why did I get started to begin with? Remember the greater vision. You know, what are you working towards? Why is that so important to you? Because there's going to be days where you feel like there's not as much progression, mm. you know, and on those days, it's important to be able to reflect back and say, okay, well, at least look how far I've come. And look at how far I've gotten on the journey so far to this vision that I have. And if you don't have that clear vision and you don't have that, that painted picture in your mind, it can be really, really challenging at times, you know, because, hey, as Murphy's Law goes, you know, nothing, if things are going to go wrong, they're going to go wrong. It just, it's, it will, uh, but that's part of the journey. Learn to like that part of it and uh, it will make it a little bit more manageable and a little bit easier. I'll, I'll say the term easier or maybe simpler is a better term, but uh, regardless, that's a couple thoughts on that. And just being able to reflect on your accomplishments during those bad days, I feel like it's something not enough people are doing. So then when you do have that bad day and you do not reflect, you risk creating that chain reaction. So, I mean, that's just a really great insight to really reflect on what you've done on those days because that's going to allow you to see the whole journey versus just one blemish, one bad spot on the journey. And one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, Facebook lives is one of your examples. And uh, I mean, for me, I it took me a really long time before I did Facebook lives. Now I've recently started doing them each day because starting is the hardest part. It's not like I didn't want to do Facebook Lives. It's that starting them and making that a thing, you know, just to start is the hard part. And then I, especially for something you love, like I love doing video, I love doing podcasts for anyone. Starting is the hardest part. So how do we get better at doing that start instead of thinking about the change that we want to make, <laughs> thinking about the choice we have to make. And instead of thinking and thinking and thinking, we actually start, do, and finish. Yeah, that's great. Uh, well, I, like anything, I, the, the starting is probably one of the hardest actions we have to, to, to follow through on, you know, because it does require us doing something that's different, 
And there's a lot of fears that push back on that, especially just the fear of the unknown, right? The fear of change itself is usually triggered based on this underlying fear of the unknown. We just don't know what's going to happen. And then we're worried about fear of judgment. You know, we're worried about what are others going to think about us if I go and I do this thing, you know, <laughs> whatever that might be. Or I'd say, oh, I want to leave my nine to five. I want to have other aspirations. I want to travel. I want to be a full-time fan. It, it's so different than what some other people that you might be currently associated with believe. And, and that creates in itself a little bit of, of, of stress, Right. And a little bit of self doubt as well, because we all know <laughs> that if you're hanging around a, a flock of individuals that have a very different belief system and, and different value system, well, it, it makes your own value system very challenged. It makes it hard to be ourselves because we do feel that there's a bit of judgment, you know, and that we're fighting against that. Uh, so when it really boils down to these pieces, it's like, what do you really want? You know, like what, what is this fear that's really holding you back the most? And then it's really just acknowledging, okay, well, what is, I, I, I always tell people, watch the, the Ted talk, you know, by uh, Tim Ferriss, where he talks about fear setting. I love that exercise. It's like, really just ask yourself, you know, before you even start this thing. So like, let's use your Facebook live as an example, you know, just getting, say that one activity and that one action, uh, making it a daily practice because you know, you need to get your message out there. So what's one way to start doing that? That's you know, low hanging fruit, easy to do, very low barrier of entry. <laughs> it's just a matter of actually doing it, right? And so we'll say that's the action. So you start, you, you commit to that process, but then before you begin, you ask yourself, okay, well, if I commit to this, right? Like if I actually commit to making this a regular daily practice, what is the worst that can happen? And you really sit with that, like really try to scribble down on a piece of paper, you know, or in a note, whatever your thing is, you know, just scribble down all the potential things that could go wrong. Like just, just let your imagination fly. And when you actually do these exercises and you start to look at it, you realize, man, everything, all these things that I'm worried about or I'm fearful of happening, they're really not that bad. You know, they're really not that bad. So then it's just a matter of, okay, well do it. Okay. Okay. Well, it isn't that bad. I'm just going to start this. And we have to realize, you know, neurosciences have come a long way over the last, you know, even 20, 30 years. They've, they've made a lot of breakthroughs. They've realized a lot of things about the brain and how it works. And, and this thing called neuroplasticity, this, this, this sort of ability of the mind to, to – we can rewire it. We can literally reprogram it. So realize a lot of us have old programming, and it's our defaults. It's our default operating system. It's there. And for us to change, it takes consistent effort. You know, we have to start doing the new things and continuously do them to the point that eventually those new things become the regular everyday things, <laughs> but it takes time. And the longer our habits are or our behaviors are or our thinking patterns are, the more uh, diligent we have to be to override it because we're dealing with, as they, the, the analogy they often use is they talk about these highways in the brain. And uh, we might have these super highways based on these old patterns, right? Like I have, uh, you know, you talk about the, the New Year's resolution crowd, right? Well, a lot of times when people give up on the New Year's resolution before they've even really begun, they already have a habit of starting things and quitting things. You know, that there's an underlying habit of that. And it's like recognizing where does that habit show up in other areas of their life? And once you start to recognize the patterns, then it's like, okay, well, I want to change this pattern. Well, the only way to change the pattern is to start doing something completely different than what you're normally doing and consistently commit 
to doing that new action takes time and it's hard. It goes against all your programming, not to say it's not worth it or not possible. It just takes time. But eventually all of a sudden you wake up one day and it's like, whoa, okay, I got this. I'm not even thinking about this anymore. I just, I start to do, I start to live into this new way of being, if you will. Uh, or in the case of the news resolution crowd, it's like, wow, you know what? I'm actually made this part of my lifestyle. I'm active because I want to be active. I want the last 20, 30 years of my life to be amazing. I want to be hanging out with my grandkids, playing with them the way I used to play with my own kids. You know, you start to paint the picture of what life could be if you continuously make these great decisions as it relates to your health and your well-being. And this also applies to your businesses, you know, it applies to your relationships, every area of your life, you can, you can look at it through these types of filters and, and you can come up with a lot. You can start to recognize, well, what are some of the patterns that I want to change? And then it's just, okay, commit to the process, right? I mean, Di brings up such a great point. We all have thought patterns that are our habits. And that doesn't mean they're ingrained, like, you know, you can't change them. It's just that there is some resistance to changing them. All you got to do is change your script a little bit and then some habits can go away. One thing that worked for me really well was going on a, uh, like if you go on a week or a two week long vacation, you've got a lot of your cues that are no longer there. So think about what changes you want to make during a vacation. Think about what new habits you want to develop on that vacation and think about bringing those back home. I'd say that's something that's worked really well for me. Do you have any like hacks or anything like that to help out with um, making new habits, creating new patterns or anything like that? Yeah. It, well, one of my favorites that, you know, is because the, the number one excuse, and you can probably imagine Mark, cause you probably get this as, as a coach as well. You know, when you're working with people, like what is the number one excuse you get? Number one, just bottom line. Time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hear it all the time, you know, part of the cliche, but it is the excuse that is most real to people. Okay. And I, I don't like to talk about time management, but I like to talk about commitment management. You know, like we tend to overcommit fear of missing out is very real, right? And same with the YOLO, you know, you only live once. So we use these, these sort of cliche terms as ways to justify why we overcommit. And then we feel stressed out because we're like, we realize we don't actually have enough, you know, bandwidth nor energy to follow through on the things that we've committed to. And this in turn creates a lot of other internal stress, a lot of little voices in our head beating us up. And it, it, it's almost like we've set ourselves up for failure before we've even given ourselves a chance to succeed. And so when we start to recognize these patterns, even in ourselves, and we start to look at our calendar, like even if you just look at your week long calendar, okay, we got 168 hours. I haven't figured out how to get more nor less. Uh, that's what I got to work with, right? We all got that seven days, 24 hours a day. Now start to look at certain things, certain patterns. Now I, I know with a lot of my own clients, you know, that they might have a side hustle they're trying to build into, but then they have their, their, their staple career that they're currently working within. There's certain hours they've got to block out for that. You know, they're committed to those hours. Great. Okay. And you also have family life. Okay. Well, let's, let's prioritize that too. Let's see where does that fit in here? And you start to block out your calendar. You can actually see what's available versus what isn't. And you start to make decisions based on that. And, and where I'm going with this is like, if we just sort of carry that analogy of, of the fitness changes, the lifestyle changes, I'm not about reinventing someone's lifestyle to accommodate fitness into it. I'm like, well, let's look at your current lifestyle 
figure out where do you have space to start to add this in or layer it in over something else that you're already doing. I'm an avid reader, but I love audiobooks. So a lot of times I will do certain style of workouts that I do in a week while I'm listening to an audiobook. So I'm sort of cascading a couple commitments together to get the most benefit for myself, obviously, but it's because I've also recognized both are important to me. And, and so I'm working with limited time. So how do I start to, you know, cascade some of these commitments to, to get more out of my day? And when we start looking at sleep, but some of the other patterns, you know, that, that relate to our energy, particularly how do we spend our energy in the day? And we, you brought up Netflix earlier. Yeah. I know there's a lot of screen time still. There's a lot of videos being consumed by people on various media platforms, right? There's a lot of screen time. How much of that is productive screen time versus us just wasting time? You know, and when I say wasting it, I, I guess I, I should, I'm not trying to offend people, but I find for the most part, if you were to actually sit down and look at the, the videos that you've consumed over the last week, how much of it is actually moving your life forward <laughs> versus isn't. And if people got really honest, they probably recognize, and I see Pareto's principles show up a lot, 80, 20, 80% usually for fun, shits and giggles, where the other 20% is actually maybe towards expanding the mind, your lifestyle, really feeding your mind with something positive and uplifting and, and changing, you know, um, where the other 80%. And then you look at that time, it's like, whoa, what if I only took half of that 80% that I use on all this screen time of watching cat memes and videos and all this other stuff? What if I took half of that and actually channeled it towards some of these things that I want to create for myself, my life, my family, my friends, my communities? It would be life-changing not only life-changing you're gonna change other people's lives change the world I mean if we all did that can you imagine that like if we all just took half of our screen time that's not necessarily the best use of our time but we actually took half of that and reinvested into something really positive that gave back to others holy smokes it'd be just a tsunami of change but that's not the world we live in at least not yet at least not yet <laughs> I think it's getting there it's getting there but um, yeah, so those are a couple thoughts on that. But, uh, you know, it's just also, if you got a buddy, make changes with a friend, mm -hmm. you know, and, and if that accountability doesn't work, get yourself a coach or a mentor. Fortunately, I've had a few in my life. They've worked wonders. They're able to help me simplify things to the point that I can actually execute and follow through on it. I think a lot of us want everything right away. And so we try to do as much as we can, as quick as we can. And that's where we run into those situations of feeling overwhelmed. And when we feel overwhelmed, what do we do? Well, we look at our past patterns. What do we do to relax? Oh, I watch Netflix or some people turn to alcohol or to recreational drugs. Like we, we figure out ways of distracting and coping with the stress right? And unplugging <laughs> because we justify, oh, I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm going to need to take a break for a little bit. And it's like, well, is that really it? Or is this just a pattern? Right? Anyways, we could go on all day with this stuff. I mean, a lot of great points that Dye makes. I mean, I like to bike, not like outside. I run outside. I bike indoors on the machine and uh, I, I'm always doing, I'm usually doing something productive while biking, whether it's writing an mm. article, going through emails, pretty much what Dye was saying with his pattern so you can combine some of these different things together but i think part of it is you hear the phrase i was doing good and then life happened i frame my day around the anticipating things like that i know there are some things that come up as a surprise that you're less likely to anticipate but there are some things you can more than definitely anticipate so i don't just go into my day thinking like i will have all day 
to focus on my goals. Nothing's going to get in my way. I'm not going to have to eat. I'm not going to have to go to the bathroom. I'm not going to have people to talk with. I'm not going to have any of that. Like you have to factor that stuff into your schedule because then I love what you said about commitment management and people getting overcommitted and it's great to be committed, but like make sure when you do commit yourself to all these different things, like I actually have a schedule in place that it looks like I could do this. I'm factoring in if I have to pick up kids from school, granted this stuff doesn't apply. I have to like kids from school, I'm factoring in grocery shopping. I'm factoring in like if my family wants to watch a movie, I'm factoring in all these different things and then saying, okay, what can I commit to? Because uh, like time is such a big excuse that people come up with. I tell podcasting clients all the time, you just pick one day, interview people for like three or four hours or of the, each month, or just do one day each week where you're interviewing people for one hour, maybe an hour and a half. And just like that, you have a podcast. So I feel mm. like this time excuse and the overcommitment, uh, it really goes hand in hand where it's not a time issue. It's not having the systems down and not knowing, like anticipating for, you know, the whole life happens analogy. That's right. Uh, no, well said, you know, cause life will continue to happen. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't stop. And the day it stops, well, I guess it doesn't really matter anymore, does it? Uh, but it doesn't. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to make the most out of my life that I have. You know? Yeah. And, uh, the way I look at it, I got to enjoy right now for sure. But the things I'm doing right now is, is this leading into what I want later? You know, is it going to influence my tomorrow in a positive way? Possibly possibly not. And it's just, again, being really honest with oneself. And this is right back to where we started our conversation today, that, that sense of awareness that, hey, there is looming change here. There is something that I'm not happy about. I want to be happier. And I realize that the path I'm on right now isn't going to provide me with my greatest sense of happiness. So do I accept this? Do I try to make the current situation better or do I change it? And really, that, those are your options. And I'm not trying to be defeatist here, but that's really what it boils down to. Okay, well, if you don't want to change things, then learn to accept this and learn to be happy with it, right? Like, because, I don't know, sitting there and complaining about it every day. Like, we have friends like that, right? <laughs> I've got friends like that. They complain about their nine-to-fives. They complain about their jobs all the time. Every time I meet them, like, I can't even hang out with them anymore because mm -hmm. they're so negative. And it's just, oh, I wish I had a lifestyle like yours. I'm like... <laughs> I work. Like, don't think I don't work. I just work differently, right? And, and I think that's the biggest misconception when people start to meet people that are more in the digital space and doing more things like what we do. Lifestyle businesses, and when I say lifestyle business, they're businesses that support the lifestyle that we've said is important to us. And great, we've, we've flipped that paradigm, right? And some people don't understand how it happens, but the Again, we often fear the unknown <laughs> and we're intimidated by it. And some people just, you know, very fixed in how they look at things. They can't imagine a life other than what they're living. And for them, that becomes very, very real as well as very confining. And when we feel confined, what happens when we feel like we're backed into a corner? We, we often will look to defend ourselves. And, and so I always try to see it from their perspective. Why are they so negative on what I do or on what people do in this kind of a, a space, you know, about this, you know, ditch the job type of movement that we've seen, especially since Gary Vaynerchuk really started speaking about the side hustle, you know, 13, 14 years ago with you know, his first book, Crush It. I, I, I remember because that was a heavy influence on me. That book really changed how I looked at things. And 
set in motion a bunch of things that have ultimately led me to where I am today. But it's amazing how one idea can influence us and change our trajectory if we're open to actually doing the things necessary to help usher along those changes. And yeah, they're going to be scary as heck. But I could tell everybody, as scary as it ever was, and as much as it beat me up sometimes, it's always, 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 always been worth it, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I would never want to go back to where it was. Yeah, it's been this constant progression. And, and so that's the thing to remember, you know, not every day is going to go to plan. Yeah, life happens, but it's my life. And that's okay, because I chose this, and I'm going to deal with it. And I'm okay with that. We started this episode on awareness. We are full circle now, ending <laughs> off on awareness. Hopefully you guys still like the enthusiasm, but uh, for people who do want to keep up with Diane and his work, because I do recommend, you know, if you like the episode, you'd like the guest, you definitely want to keep up with that person's journey. Where do we go to learn more about all the stuff you're doing? Oh man. Well, I think probably the easiest way is just, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, my blog, which is all just by my name, Diamond Wall, which is, makes it really easy to find me, but I'm on a few other social platforms, but, uh, I write for some other publications and, uh, do some stuff here and there, but you know, I'm all about just helping people move forward with life, create the best life possible, not tomorrow, but right now. <laughs> and if you're someone that has a tendency to always say tomorrow, 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 realize you become an excellent collector of tomorrows excellent collector of them but one day you're going to wake up you're going to reach a hand in the pocket and you're going to pull out those tomorrows and you're going to realize they're no longer tomorrows except a pocket full of empty yesterdays so that is the thing i want to leave people with you know like you have that power within you as cliche as it sounds i love cliches at times because they're often found in a truth at least a, a seedling of truth and, and we have the power to make the change not tomorrow, not yesterday, but like right now. It's just at any given second, there's an opportunity to choose to do things differently than you're doing them now. So remember that. Charge forward with that. And if you want to carry on a conversation with me on that, please reach out to me on social. I'm happy to chat. Di, that is such perfect imagery to cap off this episode of Ditch a Job. Links will be down below. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It was such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Mark. Love everything you're doing, man. And uh, we'll be following along your journey as well.